Where's Waldo? Well, the real question is, where's Wheeler? We were all wrong, Keith. We had thought we had figured out who would be the sales partner for Netflix as they opened their ad-supported channel, and we were way off the beat. We'll talk about that. Odyssey, I don't want to pick on Odyssey too much, but we do have a couple of ideas on what they might want to do and if there's a future for that company. And got some feedback that was pretty interesting on last week's marijuana story. Ooh. Yeah. Dude. So good. You don't get to, you don't get to talk. Dude. You don't get to do anything. Oh. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the newest edition of Media Consultant. You get our opinions, comments, and ideas, mostly targeted at radio and TV salespeople in the media space, and both those who are still doing it and those who used to do it still have an opinion about it, because that's what we are. I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest, seemingly the only place in the country where the temperature is under 100 degrees. My co-host, Keith Samuels, is in Los Angeles, probably about 75 or 80 down there. Yeah, it's nice. No 100 degrees, well, in the valleys, yes, but over on the uh, west side of L.A., living the dream, baby. Living the dream, baby. We do this each Tuesday and Friday, regardless of the ambient temperature outside. And so today we would like to welcome you to Media Insultant for Friday, July 22nd. Okay, we're not a job board, but I do have to give a quick plug for a friend of mine, Leslie Lotto, who has a company called Remote News Service. She does remote news service for radio stations around the country, Mm -hmm. and it's an invaluable kind of a service. We have been, as a business, making more and more progress toward outsourcing these kind of things, production, traffic, news, music, all of it being outsourced instead of being handled internally. And Leslie is in need of a couple of full-time news people and a couple of part-time news people. If you have any interest at all in doing it, uh, she's fun to work for from what I hear. I hear they do a really good job. I've got a couple of clients who have used her Mm -hmm. service, and they're very pleased with it. So if you want to talk to her and submit your resume, you want to write this down, Keith. It's Leslie (laughs) at RemoteNewsService.com. Okay. And before we jump into the first story, Keith, a little kudos to Lucy. Uh, well, yes, thank you, that's Lucy. Your, that's your job. Come that's on, I, we went through okay. this. No, we wanted to thank Lucy for uh, allowing us to rerun uh, an epi- our most listened to and watched episode of all time on Tuesday. I don't think we compensated her for it. I think we just ran it. So if we owe you some residuals, Lucy, let us know. Check will be in the mail. Yep, she can have 50% of our revenue. <laughs> exactly, but thanks, Lucy. <laughs> it's always great to see you and hear you and uh, that your wisdom, you know, was well-received and, and everybody loves. I mean, it, it was literally our most viewed and listened to episode out of 200 shows we've done. It's pretty amazing that all it took was to have Lucy Rice on there and we'd become superstars. So, And she right. is still up with that story on media sales recruiting. You can catch either one of them. They're both on all of our podcast platforms as well as on Vimeo. Okay, so we thought maybe Comcast. We thought maybe Roku. You know, maybe Google. So one of them would be handling the sales for Netflix as they open up their new ad-supported channel. And (laughs) we were as wrong as we could be. What happened, Keith? Well, we're only partly wrong because what they announced uh, late last week was the... uh, 
the fact that their ad partner was going to be Microsoft. And everybody went, what? Well, because Microsoft isn't the dominant ad sales group in, in digital by any means, uh, by some means, because they've got Bing and you know other things that they sell ads on. But it was primarily an announcement that, that they had, they're going to be using the technology that Microsoft acquired a couple of years ago with the purchase of a company called Xander. And they're using Microsoft's technology for their ad insertion process. Right. So Netflix doesn't have the technology to insert ads into anything they run, or so they say. Now they have, now they have Microsoft to do that. They still haven't named a, uh, a person to oversee their ad sales efforts. They have not announced a joint partnership with an ad rep firm, ad sales team, of, and that still could be uh, any number of people, including Comcast. Uh, so you know, I think there's another shoe to fall on that. Now, just earlier this week on Wednesday, there was a they released their earnings figures for um, uh, I guess the second quarter or whatever it was, and part of the fact was that they lost a million subscribers in June, and that was good news because they expected to lose two million subscribers in June. So woohoo! You know they're only going to lose fourteen and a half million a month in revenue, not twenty eight million a month. But what's interesting in the story is that they also revealed a couple of little nuggets about their ad supported tier. And that was that they're not going to roll it out everywhere. They're only going to put it into certain markets. They don't name the markets, but markets where there's significant ad spend. Well, let's see, Jackson, what would that be? New York, L.A., Chicago, Dallas, Houston, whatever, Atlanta. So they're going to have a handful of markets where they're going to allow people to sign up for the ad-supported tier and sell ads in it. So we'll have to see how that's going to take shape. They said, they admit, their ad sales operation and their ad tier looks like at the beginning will not be what it looks like several years from now. It's going to evolve. They're going to try things out. They're going to listen, sit back, check the response, see how it's working. On the other hand, companies are lining up to spend millions of dollars on this ad tier, even though it has no subscribers. They can't wait to do business with uh, Netflix. And it reminds me of Quibi, you know, when, when everybody was, you know, it was Steven Spielberg, Meg Whitman, you know, Quibi was good. They had 150 million in ad commitments at launch and it lasted about six months. It was a disaster. It was a because no one was watching their Quibi videos now. So the question I'm going to have and I'm going to remind you of this all through these discussions in the coming months, because we're going to talk about this a lot, is how many subscribers do they have to the ad tier? If you can't sell premium commercial free subscriptions how are you going to sell lower priced ad supported we're going to see if they can do it and i don't i think it's going to be a bigger challenge and i don't think people are just bailing out because they don't want to pay the fee they're tired of whatever netflix has got and they're they're they're, they're not going to subscribe to anything but some of it keith is bound to be economic and and so i, I think the ad supported tier will probably have some traction initially don't forget there's a lot of there's a lot of ego and going to your client and saying, yeah, and we're going to be, you know, we're going to be advertising on Netflix and the client doesn't know how many ad supported subscribers they have. So I, I think it's going to roll out a little better than, than you're giving it credit for. I do think oh, that they will create their own sales team. I think they have a core issue. You look at any of the people we've talked about, Comcast or Google or Roku, 
they already have an existing video platform that they sell advertising on. So there's an inevitable conflict between do you sell Netflix? Do you sell Roku? And, you know, in the connected TV world, what are you, you going to sell? So I think Microsoft will probably develop their own team and most of it's going to be programmatic. I don't know how much door knocking they're actually going to do, but we will see and we'll keep an eye on it. I think it's negligible at the local impact, except again, you're going to have local clients in those markets who are going to go, oh, you know, really nice of you to drop by and uh, nice of you to show me your package from the television station, but I'm buying Netflix. Yeah, I'm going to put on Netflix. But, but what's interesting about the guy at Anheuser-Busch, Anheuser-Busch has a reputation in the advertising business as being the biggest assholes in all of advertising, okay? They are impossible, okay? And so their head of advertising, their head of, you know, saying, they better reinvent what television advertising is all about or it's going to be a massive mistake. Well, how do you reinvent what television advertising is all about? Television advertising is putting video ads on television, right? And, <laughs> and whether it's through a streaming service or through CBS, it's a TV ad, dude. You can't, how do you reinvent that? Well, here's what they're doing. Here's what the advertisers are asking. They want product placement. They want product integration into the content. They want, the, the head of Peloton wants Peloton machines and, and all, you know, they want, you know, the, the head of, of Hyundai's advertising can't wait to have Hyundai's in every show on Netflix, because that's just the coolest way. And they were talking about how they incorporated a Hyundai SUV in the show Blackish last season and how amazingly great it was. <laughs> Did it sell any freaking cars? No. But but you know, the, the guys who were selling it made a ton of money. So it's it's really it's it's there's this fascinating disconnect between the impact that advertising has on viewers. And the experience that viewers have, because by the way, I just subscribed for a month trial of Hulu and the ad insertion on Hulu is horrible. It's a horrible experience. They break up shows where there's no break. I mean, right, it's not like right. it's not like watching CBS or ABC where there's a break and we, the show is kind of set up to allow for a break in the action, you know, or there's a timeout in a ball game. But in Hulu, it's we're running an ad in a minute, whether you ready for it or not, or the show is ready or not. And it's like, oh, my God, it's, a, it's an ad. And it's three or four ads, and it's the same three or four ads in every break, in every show, for a night on Hulu. It's, it's, it's horrible. Here's the other thing that's going to happen, Jackson. Netflix is going to have to tell these buyers. Some buyers are going to ask Netflix, how many people watched that show last night? How many people watched that show that month? How many people streamed it on the ad-supported tier? And Netflix does not reveal that information to anybody, right? And well, so they now they're going to they're going to have yeah, they're going to have to. And then yeah. people are going to go, "Oh, wait a minute. Well, that's not what you promised me. I thought you had 200 million subscribers." Well, that's internationally. We have 75 million in the US and we have we only and we have we have 5 million on the on the paid tier, okay? 5 million? That's not 75 million. And how many millions watched my show? Well, eight people watched your show that saw the ad. Well, so it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of different kind of conversations that Netflix and their sales partners are going to have to have because people who buy television ads or who spend a shitload of money in digital are going to want to know what they got. 
that gives them the room to do it. If they're going to do it in, say, 10 markets, they'll figure out what kind of penetration do they get? What kind of conversion do they get? How many paying customers are they going to lose? They're going to, you know, at some point, they're going to, they're going to have to beta it. And I think that's, I think it's to be expected. But I think if you're paying for Netflix right now in Omaha, Nebraska, you're going to be paying for Netflix for a while. You're not going to have an ad-supported channel for some time to come. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, well, but, I, it, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to, reveal viewership okay yeah and they have not done that so far yeah yeah, right. yeah and and if i'm cbs abc nbc disney whatever it is that's selling all these ads i'm doing that already and uh and so you know why does netflix get off not telling you how many people you know how do you post a buy on netflix ad tier okay so, well we we and we have to move on keith no! we have <laughs> we have hammered that point very effectively okay and speaking of hammering, it's probably not fair for us to again pick on the folks at Odyssey, the former Intercom. Their stock is uh, somewhere around 60 cents this morning. You know, they have a, a possible delisting coming up as soon as August 5th, which is where your stock trades under a dollar for a minimum of 30 or, or maximum of 30 days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it, so they're talking about doing a stock split and okay, two for one, three for one. That never works for very long. You know, suddenly the stock has done a two-for-one split and it's back down because at core, the company's main issues remain. They got a lot of debt. They're at a $1.6 billion, and that's with a B. They barely have enough uh, EBITDA to cover the interest expense on this. In fact, to the point where my sense, I'm not sure this is true, but I get the sense that some of their latest credit lines are actually factoring lines where they're factoring against receivables because the credit lines are secured and that never ends up very well and we've seen other people do that and the core advertising business isn't recovering as much as they had expected so i think they're like a lot of other broadcast groups i think that odyssey is as everybody has known for some time on their way to bankruptcy now Mm. it doesn't give us any particular pleasure here on media insultant to do that so keith and i had a couple of ideas on how they could get over this. How could they could fix it? Okay, the first thing to do, get it over with. File the bankruptcy. Be done with it. Now, Rush Limbaugh may have been able to operate with one hand tied behind his back because of his inspiration from God. David Field and his management team at Odyssey apparently is not capable of doing the same thing. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, you know as well as I do, all the senior management's got to go. The board's got to go. They got to, they got to start all over again. Uh, there, the thing about Odyssey though is they they've got such great infrastructure, Keith. Think about they've got all the CBS stations that used yeah, to be yeah. just dominant. Yeah. They've got great talent in a lot of people in the company. So well, I think with some new leadership, they can pull out of it. Now David Field and his family and the stockholders are going to be toast but they're going to be toast anyway so get it over with what's your thought well you know i think you're right i mean you know get it over with what what's taking so long and i guess it's just there, there's a series of things that will occur that will just end up making it inevitable and that is that bankruptcy filing but the fact of the matter is is that you know they have decimated the cbs stations the cbs group that right. they bought but and by the way les moonves really screwed david field and intercom I mean, he, he, he tacked about a billion and a half dollars in debt onto, onto his radio group and then sold it to David Field. Les, Les did a lot more than, than, you know, than people recognize, realize. And, and really you mean screwing. Les, 
You mean less yeah. did more? Yeah, less did more to screw Odyssey and now, you know, formerly Intercom than just about anybody. And David still took, David Field still took it. But, you know, yes, I think there's been some management issues, but, you know, on the board, and, and this is where the speculation is, is that, is that, you know, Joel Hollander, who used to run, you know, the CBS radio group, is the uh, lead independent, you know, uh, uh, board member at, at Odyssey. So it's not like David doesn't have anybody he can talk to about some possible solutions and how do we get through this, you know, because there's, there's Joel. I, I don't understand. It's, like, it's kind of like one of those things we used to say on the bench when I played college baseball, when, there was, when the other team had a conference at the mound, we'd yell out from the bench, the bench jockeys that we were, and say, who's holding the brain? You know, and, and in this case, you go, who's who's holding the brain? What's going on here, guys? And this is not, you know, why is this so tough? They, they, they fucked up their sales compensation plans. So salespeople are bailing out all over. They're managing, you know, top down, uh, you know, all this stuff. You know, is uh, Susan Larkin overrated? Probably. You know, we're, it's, it's way too much drama, way too much trauma. And by the way, there's no way out. There is no way. They can't sell their way out of this. They, no, they do no. have to deal with this debt issue yeah. and, 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 and somebody's going to, and a lot of people are going to get hurt. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for the people who work there because this is a debilitating kind of culture and environment. You know, you're always waiting for the other foot to come down. You're, you're watching your stock price and some people have got, I'm sure, stock equity packages and, you know, they've gone from 15, $18 down to 60 cents. This, this is yeah. where you go. I'm going to go get a, um, a Grubhub job and not... <laughs> Not stick with this. So anyway, we, we wish everybody at Odyssey a lot of luck, even David Field uh, and Susan Larkin. Yeah. I think they will, you know, they'll, they'll manage to survive it. But all right. Now, last week uh, we stepped in a, a, I don't want to say a quagmire, but we got quite a few comments on our story on radio and TV stations accepting marijuana advertising in states where it's legal, like Colorado or Washington. Is it legal in California yet? Yes. It is. Okay, good. Yes. And my good buddy, our good buddy, Ed Steenman, who is our ad agency guru, uh, sent me a copy of the Washington State rules that encompassed advertising for marijuana. And I'd seen them before, but it was a nice refresher on, <laughs> on how all-encompassing they tried to be when they write it, wrote it. I mean, uh, you know, they... they just basically are saying don't advertise if you're a marijuana store, or they're trying to say that. And I do want to come back to one thing. If a radio station is going to do this, Keith, that they, they need to be aware of the risk and they need to be really careful, as we outlined last week. You know, by the same token, I looked at these rules and regs and there are a couple of things that occurred to me. And I'll throw this out as just kind of a follow up for those stations who are willing or exploring the opportunity. One is several aspects of the Washington state law have already been struck down by federal court mm -hmm. as being too restrictive for free speech. Second, the state doesn't have jurisdiction over your FCC license. The FCC does. Right. So right. they really can't impose anything on the radio station. They don't have the mechanism for doing that. They don't have any adjudication over places that except those that sell liquor or marijuana. So yeah. they have no jurisdiction. And they'd rather pick on the retailers because there are more of them. And it's easier to pick on them and tell them your sign is two inches too big. You know, that kind of thing. I think the, the final thing that I find very interesting in going through this is that they have all of these restrictions on advertising. But, but if you want to advertise as a marijuana shop 
on the Adopt-A-Road program that the state of Washington has and pay the fee, there are no restrictions whatsoever. <laughs> so, oh, so uh, the signs along I-5, you just put, you know, just, you know, yeah. this, this, yeah, this you can, serious. You can do anything you want on those. Cleaned up, cleaned up by Keith and Jackson's Cannabis Expo. Yeah, okay, got it, right. Exactly, get a pie at Keith and Jackson's because there are no restrictions. They specifically say that, no restrictions on Adopt-A-Road advertising. So, yeah. you know, well, if the money benefits them... They're fine with the advertising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. okay. Well, that's that's <laughs> the end of my that's the end of my spiel on marijuana. One final thing: Where's Wheeler, Keith? What's going on? I I don't know. He's on a beach somewhere because back back in in late June we reported the news that Trip Reeb, the Seattle market manager for Hubbard in Phoenix, was adding uh, oversight of Seattle's Hubbard radio stations to his portfolio of management responsibility as announced by Ginny Morris. Well, Ginny Morris's son, Wheeler, had been the market manager in Seattle for what, a little over a year? In the Radio Online article that announced, and it's still up, it's that announced this move, it also added that, that you know, young Master Morris, Wheeler, was accepting a job as president of the Town Square Media Radio Cluster in Fort Collins, Colorado, okay? All right, well, fine, whatever, great. Since then, crickets, nothing, okay? Wheeler's LinkedIn profile has not changed. He's still market pres- He's still mark- VP and market manager of Hubbard, Seattle. Evan Harrison's profile on LinkedIn still says he's market president and CRO and whatever they say they are at Town Square Media in Fort Collins. And the Town Square career site where you can apply for a job online at any town square market, still has that market president job in Fort Collins open. They still have that job posted. It's been a month and nothing has happened. No news, nothing. What happened there, Jackson? Did, did somebody release information that jumped the gun? Is this really not happening? I, I can't figure it out. And so I don't know where Wheeler is. Yeah, I don't know where Wheeler is either, and I, I've talked to a couple of people in the business, and uh, he's he's not in Seattle anymore. Uh, and the truth is, Wheeler's a nice kid. I don't want us to feel like we're picking on him. He really is a nice guy, and I wish him lots of luck. I, I would think that a company the size of Town Square would have it cleaned up enough that if they post a job and they hire somebody, they take the posting down. Yeah, and if they yeah. hire someone, they put on an announcement that says, we hired this guy, so... All right, we'll let you know when we find Wheeler. Keith is uh, is our hound dog on personnel issues, so he's going to keep digging for that deal. Median Sultan, that's it for this uh, Friday. We uh, drop each Tuesday and Friday, as you know, on all the podcasting platforms, and we're on Vimeo under the Median Sultan Showcase. So we'll ask on Tuesday, we're going to start looking into why is Cox losing people, and we'll have a little conversation about couple of social media we kind of kicked up a, some dust on social media for radio stations and how to make it work media insultant is brought to you by in town media an interim contract management company that occasionally does some work for some of these people not often <laughs> but occasionally we take your comments anytime at jackson at intownmedia.com and keith until tuesday you know, let's go have a good weekend okay you too fun in the sun in la talk to you soon <laughs>